Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Sexton trying to get loose. He'll fire. He knocks it down. Carl Sanders home. Garland upstairs. Oh! Sexton inside. Oh. A thunderous dunk. And Allen blocked the shot at the rim. Welcome to the Chase Town Podcast, part of the Cavs Media family. I'm your host, Justin Rowan. The Cleveland Cavaliers play preseason basketball in just 15 days, media day, one week away, which means we are firmly in season preview season. Joining me today is my co-host, Carter Rodriguez. Carter, how's it going, buddy? Yeah, it's crazy. It's it's so much the calm before the storm. It's like we almost don't have anything to talk about because we've liked, we've talked through all the Cavs stuff we can talk through at this point. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be some stuff, but it's like, it's time to see it in action now. Media Day is coming up. We got some fun stuff coming up for Media Day coverage on the Chase Down um, that we'll oh, buddy, know, I'm be able for to that. share soon. I'm pumped uh, for that. And uh, yeah, it's 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 coming. It's it, we're so close. Uh, and in the in the meantime, you know, I just feel like I'm killing time. It, it it's so close, but also feels so far away. Like I I want this to be here right now. But I do got to give a big thanks to both Connor and Colin in our Discord because they helped inspire today's episode, uh, asking us a question. Which again, for all our listeners, if you do want to join the Chase Downs Discord chat, send a screenshot of your review anywhere you leave podcast reviews to chasedownpod and gmail dot com, and we will send you one. But Today, we are going to be talking about one team in each conference that we believe will overachieve and underachieve this season, as well as one player from both conference that will overachieve and underachieve this season. And then to top it all off, Carter and I will unleash a hot take for this season. So let's start with one team in the Eastern Conference that you believe, Carter, will overachieve this season. Oh, I thought this was underachieve. Do I? Do I? Oh, overachieve and underachieve. We want. I want oh, both. Okay. okay. Do you want me to stall for time? Because uh, you I, misunderstood I, the assignment. Well, I was just prepping my brain for underachieve, <laughs> and you know I'm a negative Nancy. That's Justin. true. That's true. But you know, I, I want to push you to be better, and that's you know what, what this team is really I don't. About. What team I don't mind at all? What's that? Is the Boston Celtics? I think they made a lot of pretty smart moves uh, this year. Okay. I, I, 
I think that I, I, I think Josh Richardson's a helpful player. I think like he had that one year in Miami where everyone like thought he was maybe a bit more than what he is. And ever since everyone's been a little bummed out and now he's just like a salary dump guy. You, no, you mean that he's... season when Philly traded him for or tra- traded Jimmy Butler to get him essentially? Yeah. Um, and, you know, he's been kind of a bummer since. But, like, I think that he's a really helpful player. I think they just they needed more helpful players on the wing outside of Tatum and uh, and Brown. Um, I think that Dennis Schroeder is, you know, he's not my favorite player. But, like, I think he's going to give you as much as Kimba gave you last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the five spot still remains a bit of a concern, you know, um, honestly, they... actually, sorry to cut you off. Do you think Schroeder is going to be a better player than Kemba this season? Cause I, I think he will. Well, Kemba, it's not a high bar, you know? And like, I, I think that like the same concerns probably hold, which is that the team doesn't have a true get you into your offense point guard mm-hmm. and Tatum and Brown haven't quite become that, you know, but I, I do think that like the roster up and down makes a little more sense than it did last year. You know, if Horford has anything left, and by the way, I thought he was helpful for OKC last year. Mm-hmm. Um, he was. You know, there, there's another player whose stock is perhaps a little lower than it should be um, publicly. And then some some stuff, some moves on the on the margins, like Wancho, like if the jumper ever gets there, he could be a pretty solid player. Um, you know, Robert Williams looked really good. I, as much as we all love to roast Celtics, but I thought Peyton Pritchard was pretty good for them last year. So yep. like they have a lot of players who are pretty good. I think the vibes were off on that team last year. Mm-hmm. Now, I think if anything is going to tank them, it is the vibes. Like they just didn't quite feel like a happy team last year. Yeah. Um, and, and you never know how things are going to go with a rookie head coach, right? It, like it's no. just a, it's a different environment. You you don't know how things like- are going to mesh. I didn't see like a lot of uh, tears being shed uh, from that roster to lose Brad Steve. Maybe there was more. Grum- maybe it wasn't as perfect as as maybe we thought. Maybe he what? Maybe the interpersonal stuff wasn't there. Maybe the Ainge stuff had just run its course. But something you, you might was also off not get team. an obituary when the guy's still staying in the organization. Yeah, that's like- fair. That's fair. But like, I don't know. Like, maybe they just needed a shakeup. And like, I think the talent is there. Like, they're they're at, they're probably a top five talented team in the East, and they didn't play like it year mm-hmm. so like i'm gonna bet on some regression there and like that's a team who, that i think would do pretty damn well yeah How about yourself yeah the, the team that i'm thinking of falls into the same category basically where everything was off from a chemistry standpoint last year uh bad luck with injuries as well and i, I just think that you're going to see positive regression with this team like boston I, I think boston's a great pick and i agree with everything you said but for me it's the indiana pacers I think they have a really, really solid, deep roster. I and love Indy. I always do. Like, I, I just think they got a lot of guys. I, I know TJ Warren isn't going to be ready for the beginning of the season, but they have wings. Like, Jeremy Lamb is maybe their 11th player. Uh, Brissett looked really good for them last year. Uh, kind of one of those pleasant surprises that they got uh, from the Raptors 905. Um, and, like, Brogdon, Levert, uh, Sabonis, Turner, like there's just so many guys. Uh, TJ Warren off, uh, or not TJ Warren, TJ McConnell, both of the TJs uh, coming off the bench. Like there, there's a lot of depth there. And I think with Rick Carlisle, you're just going to see more stability. Like Rick Carlisle raises your floor so much that with so many teams kind of in this play and mix that are, are trying to integrate new parts and whatnot, I just think Indy has always been such a steady organization and bringing in a steady head coach and a very good one in Rick Carlisle is, is going to have them. one. Like that dude always gets more out of his team than, than it should. His teams are always a little more than the sum of their parts. And like 
this is a team that's kind of been begging to be more than the sum of their parts for a while. Like they've kind of been the sum of their parts for a while, Agreed. which is like a pretty good sum, you know, and they've been a pretty good team. Obviously last year, notwithstanding, which had a lot of stuff beyond a bad head coach. They were really banged up. Um, it just but wasn't even quite with their everything year. going wrong, they still made the plan, which is why I feel like if things just break right and you have a coaching upgrade, this is going to be a team that I, I could see them escaping the plan. Like I, I could see them getting up to that that five six seed range. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm totally with you, man. Uh, I think that we all, I think both of us definitely have one one in those top six that we expect to drop out in the <laughs> East. And I'm sure that's going to be your pick to underachieve. And in fact, I picked around it because I was so sure that was going to be your pick um, for the underachiever. And um, and yeah, I, I just like this indie team. I think they, I think it's a it's a front office that never is trying to do anything but win. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I don't think losing seasons are part of that franchise's DNA for the most part. So I, I love that pick. I actually like it more than mine. I'm I'm going to surprise you a little bit here. Just I, I was going to ask whether or not you want to go overachieving in the West and and just stay positive at the start. But I think no, you guessed East, wrong. Baby. I think you guessed wrong. My underachieving team is the Toronto Raptors because the, oh really? Well, the, hold on. Underachieving relative to what? They're over under. Uh, uh, it's like it's posted at 35 and it's 35 and a half, I believe, is what That's they open. That's too high. At. That's too high. I think this team is going to stink. And I, I think some of it is going to be by choice because uh, we, we saw last year that they did not have interest in going for the plan. Um, I think Fred Van Vliet ha- has been a chucker for the majority of his career. And some of that has been hidden by the fact that they had such a steady hand in Kyle Lowry. And if they do what's kind of anticipated, which is moving uh, Goran Dragic at the start of October, once Dallas is able to trade for him, essentially, um, I, I think at, at that point, it, it's going to really signal that, hey, this is going to be a transitional year. I'm high on them long term, but this is just a team that with so many teams that are pushing for the plan, I don't think that they want to be in that mix. Like, How how hard are they going to fight for that 9-10 seed when they could help juice the rebuild and add to their promising young core with another high pick? So for that reason, uh, as well as Pascal Siakam and all that, I, I just think people are a little too high on this Toronto team. It's funny to see Raptors fans that have talked about how Kyle Lowry is a top two most important player in the Eastern Conference for the last decade, and he means so much and really moves the needle. Um, but now all of a sudden that he's gone, it's not going to hurt the team. No, they're, they're still going to win 40 games, even though they earned a fourth overall pick last year. Not not that well. Like I, I know they're going to Toronto, but this is a team that I think is really going to underachieve. Like I, I could see them being 10 games under that over-under see, total. See I just think you're being, I think this is a little bit of an overreaction because I thought they were better than their record last year. I mean, they, they had a point differential of minus 0.4. Right, but so while many being of those wins. Games under 500, like, so many of those wins came when Norman Powell was on the team, Kyle sure, Lowry was on the sure. team. Like Gary Trent Jr. I, I know you're not a Gary Trent fan, and that, that has to factor into your choices, into your reaction here. Also, I mean, I would just say if they took Suggs instead mm-hmm. of Barnes, even though I preferred Barnes as a prospect. I think I would think they would overachieve more this year. I, um, I would agree but, as but well. Barnes, I think they're going to give minutes to, and I think he is going to hurt their offense when he's on the floor early on in his in his career. I'd be yeah. surprised if he is a helpful offensive player, much like Isaac Okoro was not a helpful offensive Okoro, uh, offensive player last year. <laughs> was not a helpful, helpful offensive, offensive Okoro. Okoro. You know what? But this year, this year we're going to get helpful <laughs> offensive Okoro. But you know what? That that 
that is one of the the consideration factors for me as well is if Pascal Siakam is missing the first month or two and Scotty's out there, if they don't get off to a hot start, are they going to chase a plan? If Pascal Siakam was healthy at the start of the year, they got off to a good start and they kind of rode that out, I could see that. In fact, like Masai literally made that decision in the past when he thought he was tanking trading away Rudy Gay. His intention was to trade Kyle Lowry at the same time, but because the team started winning, they adjusted on the fly and went for the playoffs. I I just think this is going to be the inverse, where if they get off to a bad start with Siakam out, I I can see them pulling the plug and taking a more long-term approach this season. Yeah, I I think that's fair. I don't don't hate the pick, Um, but I, I... and, and you know it it makes a lot of sense more organizationally than like the roster to me it's like what is the what you know i we you you picked an organization that never tries to lose in indiana for your overachiever and then mm-hmm. you picked a organization which seems kind of okay with it yeah Psst. Mm-hmm. um you know uh, at least they were at the end of last season now they got a prize they didn't get an uber mega prize you know everyone kind of agrees this was a two to three player um uh draft at at the top Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and you know, maybe Masai is still looking for that Uber mega prize and he'll, and he'll make decisions that push them in that direction. You know, yep. it's, it's hard to know, but I don't think it, I can't fault the pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, and some of this is also my Cavs bias kicking in as well. I need to believe that Toronto isn't going to try to be good because that's one less team to try to overcome. I wasn't going to say it. I wasn't going to air oh, it no, out like that. I am. I'm self-aware. If I have many faults, not being self-aware is not one of them. Who's your pick for uh underachiever? The Chicago Bills, they are, <laughs> I don't think they're, so they, they won 43% of their games last season. Um, they're over under as it currently stands is 41 and a half. I, I don't, I think they're going to win 43% of their games again this season. <laughs> I think they are is exactly as good, um, which is to say not very. And I know all the reasons, and this is where I got burned. I got burned with this on the Hawks last year. So maybe I'm just not going to learn my lesson. But I think they experienced a outlier year for Zach Levine. Mm-hmm. I think Vucevic has never been a player that is particularly conducive to winning, and that's a terrible defensive pairing for your two best players. I think Lonzo is still riding Laker hype. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's a helpful player. I don't think he's a wildly helpful player. Same with uh, Caruso. Um, you know, I just don't. And then DeRozan is past his prime and. The stuff he's good at, other than you know a little bit of extra playmaking in the half court, I just don't see what he's adding, and I do feel like he takes away from a lot. Because there's, there's, there's redundancies that, there for yeah, sure. The, the redundancies are there, and and actually harm there. You know, Levine's not going to have room <laughs> to operate <laughs> uh, if they've got Caruso and DeRozan around him on the perimeter. Those are two dudes you just don't have to guard from three. Um, Sure, um, Vucevic can shoot and something he's gotten better at, but like it's also kind of want him getting to eat in the post uh, on occasion. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think this team makes that much sense. And it feels like a really expensive team that has these really big ideas about what they are. And I don't see any of it. I don't think Zach Levine has elevated himself at all in my mind as like a star tier player. Really? I think he, no. I- no, he, I think uh, he's he, a, he won me I over th- a little bit last year. I, I think that I think if there is if there's one spot I'm wrong there is I did feel like he really like started relishing playing defense on Team USA. Mm-hmm. Like I, I I was impressed by the way by his effort level there. But like I just like if you don't have great feel for the game and I don't think Zach Levine does, I just am gonna have a hard time thinking you're a star. You know, 
Like, like I, I get that the numbers are good, but I just don't, I, I still don't feel the impact from him on a night to night basis. And like, I just think this team is full of a bunch of empty calorie guys right now. I think you are going to be not loud wrong, but I, I think you're going to be wrong oh, I, I, in I'm a similar way to how we were wrong. We were both wrong about the Hawks Atlanta. last season. Yeah, like, and they're replacing, and that's the counter, I think, is they're replacing a bunch of dudes who weren't any good at basketball for their team. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> with, the, with the, big loss, pretty good. <laughs> the big loss for Chicago is losing Thad Young. Like, he, he made a big impact for them. Uh, I, I don't mind bringing in Derek Jones Jr. It's flat out weird. Like there's been reporting that Chicago just had no interest in Nance. And I, I find that to be really, really weird that that was on the table and they chose to go with uh, Derek Jones Jr. Whatever. Um, I, I can't. Yeah. You know, but you look at this roster. I, I got their minutes uh, leaders from last season up right now. And obviously some of it's a little wonky because of all the trades, but so Kobe white played way too many, many minutes. He played 30 minutes a game. Yeah which is banana pancakes um, for a player that is as not good as Kobe White is mm-hmm. at this point in his career. But then it's like most of the guys you want to see up there, Levine, Vucevic, uh, for a small stretch, obviously, Pat Williams, Garrett Temple, who was solid for them, Markinen, Tice, uh, young, Wendell Carter, Thad Young, Thomas Sadoransky. Like these are mostly pretty all right players that yeah. played minutes for them. It's yeah, not losing like, Sato, losing Sato hurts maybe a little, a bit, little but, bit, but, but I don't but think so with, with the, if with you're the, getting Lonzo, that's did. an upgrade. That's, that's but, an upgrade. But here's what I'm saying. Here, here, here's the larger discussion is I think we were so wrong on the Hawks because we made that mistake of, yeah, the fits weren't perfect, but they were replacing dudes who weren't NBA players or very, very marginal NBA players with NBA players one through 10. Yeah, well, my beef, my beef with the Hawks was I, my beef with the Hawks was I I liked their young players and I didn't like the idea of signing guys that are going to take minutes away from them. But sure. it just worked out that the the injuries uh, kind Allowed of necessitated. Yeah, everyone got to eat. I I don't. But, but think... you know what I'm saying? Like I think that's. But we were wrong in their win total. Correct from from that perspective because we undervalued just how crappy the dudes playing with Trey Young were before and like. Mate, but I don't really know if that's the case here. Like uh, replacing most of a season of Wendell Carter with Vucevic, sure. Um, replacing Kobe, a lot of Kobe White minutes with a lot of Caruso and Lonzo minutes. Mm-hmm. That that feels like a win because Kobe White just hasn't quite figured it out yet. Agreed. Um, but is it enough to really bump them in a meaningful way? I I'm just skeptical, man. I I, I, I don't think that, it, I don't think unless they're going Levine to... is exactly what he was last year, mm-hmm. plus all this stuff. Sure, but if there's any regression to the jump shooting or or to the shot making, uh, it feels like a, a tough a tough uh, task. I think they are going to struggle to start the season. I, I think it's going to take them a while to develop chemistry and whatnot. I don't think they're going to over or underachieve. I think they're just going to achieve. Like I, I think they're going to struggle first half of the season. Win start... totals forty one and a half as yeah. figures. That's that's about right. Like I, I think second half of the season, Chicago is going to start clicking, and you won't want to play them. Uh, it's unfortunate that the Cavs don't play them early on. Um, I just I, feel like I, they're a team anybody in the league can beat on any given night. <laughs> yeah, but I, I also feel like if things are clicking for them offensively, they can beat you. So how they use Vucevic is going to be really important because if they relegate him to like stand in the corner and space for us, that's going to be a problem because he's 
probably their second best player um, and, and someone that can really help make things hum in the half court. So I don't hate the pick. I see the path to you being right. I just think like the Hawks last year, they're going to underachieve to start the season and then come on strong in the second half like uh, uh, with Atlanta I think some of that had to do with the injuries they had early on I know there was the coaching change but the coaching change also happened at the same time everybody got healthy uh, which I think gets overlooked a little bit when talking about that season Um, but I I think we're going to see a similar thing for Chicago Uh, who do you have overachieving in the Western Conference I would like you to go first because I want to I want to hear who you pick because I'm I'm still kind of between a couple names I'm going to go with the Dallas Mavericks I, I think they're being really? yeah. I think they're being counted out just a little bit uh, because of losing in the first round drama. last season, uh, the drama that they've had. Uh, Jason Kidd, obviously, a big question mark there. Um, but some of that record really did have to do with how hard they got hit with COVID last season. Like that was a team that got really sick and really fell off. Uh, I think Jalen Brunson is a really solid player. I, I think he's only going to get better. Luke is going to get better. I don't think Porzingis will be as bad as he was last season. And I, I just... I, I think that this is a better roster than people give them credit for. And yes, Jason Kidd was not a great coach in Milwaukee, but at the same time, he did do some imaginative things. Like when he was in Brooklyn, he had Paul Pierce playing the four before kind of having a, a forward there was in style. Getting the ball into Giannis's hands was obviously something that paid long-term dividends for uh, Milwaukee. I think sometimes they go a little too far with that, but I, I don't think that, He's necessarily as unimaginative as some people have portrayed. I'm not a big Jason Kidd fan, but I I just think there's enough talent there. And especially if they end up adding Drogic, I think they have a really, really high uh, baseline level here, uh, especially if Luka Doncic continues to improve. I mean, especially if Luka's happier. I mean, it's no secret that um, Luka and Rick had had their clashes. And, you know, Jay Kidd seems like someone that is going to be a, you know, the stars seem to like playing for this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it seems like when there have been complaints, it's been on the on the periphery of, of the roster. That's not to under underplay any of the stuff. Cause some of it's really not like happy stories. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, like I, I do think that uh Luca seems to, you know, at least, you know, respect his coach in this instance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that the you're right that they were super COVID hit and ideally that doesn't happen again. It just like I just can't shake the feeling that this is the year where if there is anxiety about keeping Luca, this is the one where it really takes root. Oh, I could see that. Um, yeah. Where everyone just goes, oh, they're just like this doesn't they don't have a ton in the war chest and they're not super good. And Porzingis seems broken. And like, you know, like there's just it just feels like the vibes are so bad with that team. Uh, as of late mm-hmm. um that like if they're if they if it, if they're gonna have a big scary or is this just gonna like is this gonna be the way it is in dallas kind of year uh then it i think it's gonna be this one i i think there would be more of a likelihood of that occurring if the West wasn't in such a weird state, like Jamal Murray potentially missing the entire season. Um, you, you've also got Kawhi missing the season. Like, I, I think there's 
avenues there. Like if Denver was fully healthy, I think that they'd be a juggernaut in the Western Conference. Uh, same with the Clippers. I, I think those would be really strong teams. Those two kind of falling out of the top four or, or at least not being as firmly entrenched in the top four, I think creates a route for Dallas to be competitive and to maybe get home court in the first round. Like I, I just feel like there's an opportunity there. And if there's at least good vibes coming out of Luca with this coaching change. I, I think that's going to be enough to, to kind of right the ship. Uh, I, I think what you're describing is more likely to occur next season. I, I think if they don't get some real help in there, I, I think there there's a definite ceiling on this roster. That's fair. Um, it's uh, it's an interesting choice for sure. Cause I, I do feel like you're zagging here. Uh, mm-hmm. in a, oh yeah. In a I, I mean, I, I'm, Listen, if we're unleashing some takes, I, I, I want to uh, go a little outside of expectations. Like, I'm, I'm sure you thought I was going to pick the Knicks for underachieving. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely did think that. <laughs> and, I, and honestly, I've kind of cold on that take just on the from the perspective of I just think they're just going to be what they are. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think they're going to be solid. Yeah, I, I think, think they will be, be better than kind of we originally thought. I got. I think. I think I got a pretty good zag overachiever pick in the West, and, okay. I, and I've really settled in on it. How about the Minnesota Timberwolves? Because this is a team who uh, missed uh, Carl Anthony Anthony Towns, missed 22 games. Mm -hmm. Uh, D'Angelo Russell missed 30 games. Malik Beasley missed 35 games. Yep. And those are the three best players. (laughs) Their, Their minutes leaders were Anthony Edwards at 2,300 minutes, which is a lot of minutes. Yep. Uh, for a 72-game season, he played like 30, 33 a game or 32 a game. Ricky Rubio was their second-minute leader at, at this stage of his career, and he wasn't even that healthy, by the way. Yeah. Um, Carl Anthony Towns, while missing 30 games, or 22 games, by the way, then Jaden McDaniels, Naz Reed, Malik Beasley, Josh Akogi. Man, Jaden McDaniels might be starting at the four for them, though. Yeah, I get it. I get that the roster isn't perfect, but like I do think that like we all agreed that um D'Angelo Russell kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh and I just I'm not so sure that's the case, especially when like you just look at the offensive firepower of the of those three together and it and the fact that Cat has gotten so good at playmaking, he averaged just under five assists last year. Right. Um that I just feel like he is kind of an offensive um, uh, kind of uh, floor raiser. Mm-hmm. And, like, they're going to score a ton of points. Now, the defense is going to be kind of crappy. But you know who I liked at the end of last year? Anthony Edwards. I thought he learned a lot yeah, and got a lot better. Like, the talent pedigree on this team is not terrible. Now, I think that if you were just to ask me compared to like their win total, which is set at 32 and a half, which I thought pretty surprisingly high. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think NBA Twitter, I think, you know, if you listen to all the over under pods at the beginning of the year, you're going to hear everyone going under on Minnesota at that number. Cause I do think that's probably a little high of a number to set, but I think that's a perfectly reasonable goal for this team that 32 to 35 win range. Yeah. Um, it, it's funny because the talent it, level is not horrific. If they hit that total, I do feel like it would be overachieving relative to expectations. Which is, which so. is funny because that, I mean, if if that is our baseline, then I guess I'm kind of putting my foot in my mouth a little bit here. But yeah. like, no, but, but I, I, I wanted to I, do this based yeah. off of public perception because I, I, I know you got the win totals, but then you get the, the group think that happens every time win totals come out where everyone's either hammering an over and an under and like the consensus kind of shifts. So I, I don't hate this pick. Uh, I, I think you might be onto something. 
I will say where this goes wrong for you is just how thin this roster is. Like you yeah. look at that second unit, you got Beverly, Okogi, Vanderbilt, Naz Reed, uh, Torian Prince. Like not only you just don't have a lot of reliable options there. And no, these are guys right. that miss time. Uh, Jalen Noel maybe is probably like their 11th man or, or might be in that mix uh, depending on how Prince looks. But I, I do think there is a name a lot when the Cavs played many late in the year. They, yes. <laughs> there's a lot of Jalen Noel in the last year. Yes. Yes, there was. But like, I, I could see a scenario where this works. Um, and that, that starting lineup should have a lot of offensive firepower. So, uh, in what's looking like a bit of a down year for the Western conference, maybe there's a path to it. Um, but I, I do think that that's at least an interesting pick. It's, it gives, it gives me something to chew on. I'll, I'll need to think about it a little yeah, bit. I, I'm not sure I'm all the way on board, but like, I was just like thinking like, I think everyone just thinks they're just going to suck forever. And I think there's a world in which they get. They're, they're they're scrappy this year, and I don't think a lot of people are thinking of them as a scrappy team. You know, it's a tough out. That's a pretty good pick, and Thanks, I'm buddy. going to go with a historically scrappy team to underachieve in the Western Conference, and that's the Memphis Grizzlies. I know John Morant and J- Jaron Jackson Jr. missed a bunch of time last year. Uh, they made some moves this offseason that I, I think some people feel were lateral moves. I do feel like going to from uh, from Jonas Valanciunas to Stephen Adams is a big downgrade, but just the assumption that you're going to get more Jaron and Jaw, I think, has people thinking that this is going to be a team that hey, they snuck into the play-in, made the playoffs last year. Maybe they'll take a step forward. I think this is a team that's taking a step back. I, I think it's a little bit of a calculated step back, understanding where they're at. Yes, John Moran and Aaron Jackson Jr. are really nice pieces, and, and they've drafted well uh, outside of them. I, I just think that this is a team that, that's going to struggle this year. I, I really do think Jonas Valanciunas was a really important piece for them uh, last year. And, like, yeah, John and Jaron missed time, but do you trust them to stay healthy for an entire season as well? And, and how things how are things going to go there? Uh, also, Kyle Anderson had basically his only good shooting season last year. How, how much do we trust that? Um, it it's just a team that I, I think is going to take a little bit of a calculated step back. Still high on them long term. I, I really like rooting for Memphis, and, and this is a team that I'm uh, emotionally invested with, with the the Canadians that they have, and, and John Morant being such a fun player. But I, I just don't trust them uh, to to make the the playoffs this season. I, I I think they're going to take a little bit of a step back. That's fair, and I, it was going to be my pick, but I knew I, that's one I did predict that you were going to pick based on a. Uh, prior discussions mm-hmm. uh, you know i mean the counter of course is if uh, jaron jackson has not been the player we thought he was going to be yep um uh while showing little flashes of it of him being like way more than the player i thought he was going to be so you know uh, it, i feel like he's kind of the fulcrum on which their season's gonna turn how, how um, much do you blame the struggles that he has had on ben Gulliver for giving him such a terrible nickname what was his nickname he just calls him jaron He's like, I, I think we should just call him Jaron. He's like, I, I, he, he, I'm not going with any nicknames. We're just giving him Jaron. He, he wants him to be like Cher. What, I, a, what a weird guy. What a weird guy. I love him. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I think I think the, the rebounding stuff has, I, I'd been kind of screaming about the rebounding stuff for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but I will say this. I do like moving. I don't necessarily love picking up Steven Adams' contract, but it did feel like Jonas kind of operated 
as a bit of a crutch for this team. Like he was kind of their best player last year in a yeah. way that was like, this team's never going to go anywhere if Jonas Valanciunas is kind of your best player. So like, I, I'm I kinda, think it was the right move. Yeah, I, I'm I just down think it's... with moving on and just kind of pulling away that that safety net. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I, I don't know. I, I think there's a world in which they get better. You know, Desmond Bain was really good for them in limited minutes. Uh, yep. He played about 20 minutes a game. I thought he he definitely has room to grow. De'Anthony Melton, who I adored with the rest of NBA Twitter, uh, didn't get a lot of run because they had too many guys last year. It does feel like they've done a little bit of consolidating here. Um, but yeah, I get it. I get the point. I get I get where you're going with this. Um, I just I'm just not all the way there. I think they're going to perform. I mm-hmm. think that's a team that, if everyone stays healthy, is going to get a little bit better. I mean, hell, what if Brandon Clark comes back and is not completely busted? You know what? I know you haven't given your under uh, underachieving team in the West yet, but I will say that Brandon Clark is my pick for overachieving in the Western Conference. Jesus I think- Christ, you really got to thinking about this one. I was yeah. not going to go that deep. I, I, uh, I think it's going to be Brandon Clark. I, I think they've opened up an opportunity for him, and he is going to reassert himself as a really meaningful player. I don't think we have to go too in-depth on that. Yeah, yeah. But let's, like, let's hold off. Let's hold yeah, off. Uh, I, let me get to my underachiever first, and I think ahead. it's the Golden State Warriors. Ooh-hoo-hoo. Over under a 50, a year older, while somehow a year younger uh, for all the, for the rest of the roster. It's still a, it's still a bunch of kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if they want to play... Wiseman, Moody, and Kuminga. That's three dudes who are like 20 yep. in your eight-man rotation that are supposed to actually contribute and, and help a team win that is trying to win, f- that is supposed to win 50-plus games. Um, All I'm saying, and Otto Porter is a nice pickup for them. I actually really like him on that team, and um, he kind of helps fill those backup wing minutes uh, behind Wiggins, who was better than anyone thought he was going to be last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I don't hate the team. I just to go like, you know, I'll bet they end up playing Iggy a bunch, even though Iggy is pretty cooked at this point in his career. Um, and like you, I mean, the whole thesis here is Clay's going to come back and be an approximation of Clay, right? Mm-hmm. And like, I think everyone, even the staunchest Warriors hater, would hope that he comes back and is an approximation of Clay. Yeah, but like, he, he's the, the likable has, one on that team. He's yeah, got good the, vibes. But the dude has completely shredded his lower body. Two years in a row. I mean, I mean, just a thorough destruction of the poor guy. Like, I mean, like, you just don't believe in the healing power of CBD. I guess not. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. I just, I'm gonna kind of, you know, I don't want to uh, assume he's not going to be right. But if he's not right, then this team is still a bunch of kids or a bunch of dudes who are, you know, a little too old. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I believe, I believe it was a Lord of the Rings quote: "These men have seen too many winters." <laughs> <laughs> or not enough. <laughs> I was and, not expecting that. <laughs> and and like that kind of feels like this roster, you know, you look down the line and other than like Damian Lee, it's like you're either 35 or you're 22. <laughs> like, <laughs> and like, I don't know, like it just, I'm going to be a little skeptical until I see them like actually be, cause like a 50 win team, like that's a really good team. Like people forget that. Like if they, if they're going to be a 50, 50 plus winning game team, they're going to be winning like they should have like a plus five or six plus seven point differential. I just, I don't know. I, I, th- I see the road to it and it's clay's healthy and everything unlocks around it. And, and they don't play the young it, guys and, and those guys basically play in Santa Cruz. Yeah. So, and when you're not guys that young, that's going to be a problem. Like no one's going to like, those dudes are not going to be happy playing in Santa Cruz at, no. at the pedigree they're at. So like, I don't know. It's just, 
it just feels like a team that everyone's expecting to like snap right into place. And I actually kind of hope they do. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I think it's like that warriors it, run at the end was super fun. It's, dude, just, it's I'm just so much more fun. About it. It's so much more fun if they're in the playoffs and then lose. Like I, I, oh, I want totally. to, I, I it was want, so fun to root against them in that play in game. I, I want them to give hope only for it to be taken away. And that's, that's really one of the, the key things that I'm hoping for this season. So I, I, I've already spoiled my pick for overachieving in the West and Brandon Clark. I'm going to go my underachiever now, Carter. And that's okay. Michael, that's Michael Porter Jr. Interesting. I think he is going to make progress from what he did last season, 19 points. I think he's going to continue to be a good and efficient scorer, maybe get up to like that 23. But with Jamal Murray missing time, I think a lot of people are expecting him to make that superstar-like leap and and really fill into that role. And I, I just don't know if he's going to be reliable enough for that, both from a health standpoint and also just, you know, like... Denver's trying to win games. He makes questionable decisions at times. Um, I'm assuming he's going to get a, a big contract here, uh, a contract extension b- before the season starts. But I, I just don't know if he's necessarily going to make that star leap. I think he's going to make progress and be a very good player. But I, I just don't think he's going to be this uh, Kevin Durant light uh, presence on, on the Denver Nuggets, which seems to be kind of the, the feel that people are getting. That he he is about to make that kind of a leap, and, and I just don't see it coming from him. I, and health is honestly one of the biggest parts in this. But even outside of that, even if he's as healthy as he was last season, I, I think it's still going to take a little more time with him. Yeah, I mean, I I guess I get that, um, but I don't. I think I agree. I think that guy thrives when the ball when he has time to get into rhythm. And, and and has opportunity like he's like a a true volume bucket getter shooter like where mm-hmm. the more he's shooting the the more he is affecting the game um and the less he's shooting the less he's affecting the game and that's why i think when we've seen him and yeah he was younger obviously and had less reps but like that that first playoff run where malone wasn't playing him and it was like yeah i get it because if he's not out there and engaged he's kind of not helpful right um and like but when he's engaged it just feels like that kind of guy like just I don't see what changes, I guess, for him. You know, Mm -hmm. like, what can you kind of give me that? Like, what changes for him that makes you go, oh, yeah, that's why he's worse? I don't think he's going to be worse. I think he's going to make progress from next season. Yeah, I I think he's going to increase. You just don't think he's going to take a leap. I, I don't think he's going to make that superstar leap. I I think he. See, I wasn't there yet anyway. So that that's where, like that's why I'm pushing back on this because I'm just not there yet. Yeah. Like I, I, I've seen him mentioned as someone that's going to win MIP this year. Uh, and just kind of the, the consensus seems to be that he's going to make a massive, massive leap. And I, I think we're going to see progress from him. I don't think he's going to get worse. I just think relative to the expectations that are being set, I, I don't think he's going to necessarily live up to those. That's fair. That's fair. Can I, can I give you my overachiever mm-hmm. from the most boring team in the NBA? Deshante oh. Murray. Oh, okay. I, I kind of want to see this guy with the, I, you know, similar to. Jo- yeah. so you think it, the Pelicans are boring? Uh, Deshante Murray. Oh, on the geez. Spurs. Oh my goodness! I was thinking Graham. Oh my god! What a what a mistake! Well, well yeah, uh, wrong first and last. Day. Yeah, jeez. You know, uh, um, sometimes you, this happens. <laughs> you know, I think that, you know, it was similar, and it's funny because the two played together in Toronto, but similar to, you know, Memphis kind of taking the training wheels off by moving Jonas, uh, I feel like the Spurs took the training wheels off by letting DeMar go. 
Hmm. Um, and you know, I think that that backcourt of Murray and White are going to have to. It, this is kind of a like, are you worth building around kind of year? And Murray is such a fun player defensively. Um, I mean, he rebounds like a, a monster at the point guard position. I mean, seven boards a game. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not like he's a garbage playmaker either. I mean, he averaged five and a half assists to one, one and a half turnovers, like perfectly reasonable numbers, especially with DeRozan picking up a big playmaking burden on that yeah. team. Uh, averaging seven assists. Jeez, I forgot DeRozan averaged seven assists. That's a yeah. lot. Um, uh, but yeah, you know, I just think that like when you look at a guy like that, you just go, okay, like how... We're all pretty sure you're pretty good. This kind of feels like the year where we're going to find out he's he's pretty damn good. Um, I like and it. I don't know if the wins are going to come for that team. Uh, it does feel like a team that is in you know pure rebuilding mode and have lost every veteran off the roster. Mm-hmm. Um, but great, like, I just, great, great season for the Cavs to own their second round pick. Yeah, wow. it is. If there's ever been a year to have the Spurs second round pick, it's this one. Uh, maybe you get a little Spurs second round, uh, uh, you know, mojo with it, um, <laughs> with their with their history of wins there. But I like I like Dejounte Murray there. That's that's a phenomenal pick. I, I don't really have a lot of notes on it. Um, I, I think that's going to be one of those guys that really gets a real opportunity here uh, with DeRozan moving on and the changes that they've made. Um, yeah, great pick. I, my, Spurs can I such, give you my? Spurs you, are oh, such a ahead. weird team because I feel like they've they haven't hit any home runs, but they just keep hitting like singles and doubles with everyone. You know who that kind of sounds like? <laughs> the Cleveland Cavaliers. No, no, uh, no, 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 no. We're no, waiting no. to see those guys turn into home runs, but oh, as par- far buddy, as they've performed, they're midway through the air. They're oh my gone. <laughs> they are gone in that thin Colorado air. They have. They are soaring outside of the park who's your underachiever uh this is a buzzkill take but chris paul oh he's he's gonna get sense. old soon he's gonna get old soon and people are just assuming he's gonna stay this way forever but he is uh he is 36 years old he'll turn 37 he's six foot nothing mm-hmm. he got hurt again he's been getting hurt and it just feels like it just feels like this is the year where devin booker had better be the by a mile best player on the Suns if they're not gonna if they want to stay where they are. Um I think he might enter the good role player phase of his career this year. Yep. Yeah, and you hope that I hope Bridges and some of the other guys take a step forward and that kind of minimizes him taking It'd be a cool step to back. be wrong on this one because it was super fun watching him do what he did last year. It's crazy uh, the longevity we're seeing from guys in the NBA now. Especially like that dude. That dude specifically. Like LeBron being as good as he is Sure, like he's way better than Chris Paul is right now, so it's like a, it's a different kind of good. But like, have I mentioned least... on the pod he's the fourth oldest player in the NBA right now? Chris Paul, LeBron, or LeBron. Uh, that sound no, but that's amazing and sound, but also makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's bro. You should tweet that. You get mega. You'd get a lot of engagement on. That oh shit. no, I I saw it off of a tweet. Okay, I'm not stealing. Okay, that. okay, that's fair. Um, well, like you know that that's crazy to me. Um, but like you look at Paul, like. Paul, there is no precedent for 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 a six foot point guard who's who's not a particularly great athlete to be doing what he did last year. Mm-hmm. And like, I just feel like if he loses another five percent, it's over. You know, it's going to be a quick uh, light bulb turning off moment. So uh, while I don't uh, while I don't love it saying it that's that's my pick let's move to the east who you got as your overachiever i'm i'm actually going to go underachiever first that's good because i got i got mine already in the you you won't be shocked at this because it ties in 
and it's also a short point guard, and that's Fred Van Vliet. Uh, I, I think people are expecting him to take a big step forward with Lowry out. And I, I think, think he's about as much as you're ever going to get from him. You know, he's kind of, and that's great because he's he's more than hit his ceiling. Right. I, I I think he is going to put up similar numbers to what he did last year. Um, I I know he wasn't efficient last year. Uh, I think he might even drop off a little bit. I think this team is really, really, really going to struggle to score in the half court. And I mean, as he transitions from kind of combo guard, off-ball point guard, sometimes initiator to full-time point guard. Um, I I just think that he, he's going to be a disappointment and part of the reason why I'm low on Toronto. That's fair. I'm, I'm there. Um, and frankly, I'm going to take my my uh, inspiration as well from in the same place. I'm going to say Zach Levine. Mm. I think that people think he is a superstar now. I what what a is. shock that the teams we think are going yeah, to underachieve yeah, yeah. were low on, yeah, their, low on their, their, their best, best their, their driving force. Um, yeah. Um, and yeah, I just go like, I just think this guy's like pretty good. you know, I think he's a pretty good player that people think is very good. I think he was, he was somewhere in between that last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I just think we're all assuming that's his new normal. And I feel like for dudes who don't have elite feel, which again, I I think we're we we all still agree on that, right? I'm not like alone on that note. Yeah, I don't know how much matters though. Like, I really I, think it has to matter. What are you talking about? He's the best player uh, on the team. Uh, <laughs> like, maybe maybe I'm just a, an old head basketball purist that like yeah, I want everyone like to like be able to enough. feel the game. You don't like buckets. I don't enough. like buckets enough, and like I don't see feel like he reads the game at a high level. So if his bucket getting drops off a little bit, everything looks terrible. Or not whatever terrible, you say, but a nerd. lot worse. Whatever you say, nerd. I know. Stick to your um, Google Sheets and whatever else. You I do. know. So yeah, I I don't know, man. I just feel like that's that. I just I, maybe I'm maybe I'm big wrong. Maybe the Team USA like helped you know elevate that that all these kind of intangibles. I'm a, and turn I'm him a big into a believer in the Team USA bump. Yeah, I, I buy it, and I think there's something there. But for now, I'm going to bet on regression until I'm proven wrong. Who's your Who's your overachiever? <sighs> You know when people just like say something that they know it, it doesn't ha- carry a lot of weight, just like something bland, like teachers deserve to be paid more, whatever. Like applaud me. I'm going to do the same thing here, and I'm going to say Darius Garland. Um, I I was going to say Darius Garland. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, like, I got to pick someone else. One, I, one, I'm pandering this. to my base, and I resisted the urge to pick the Cavs as overachievers because I, I do believe that. But even like listening to their latest Hoop Collective, when Tim McMahon's describing Garland as a undersized shooting guard, and oh well, maybe the Cavs want John Wall because they don't necessarily believe in their guards and whatnot. Like I think people slept on what he did last year, and the leap is coming. I, I think objectively, people like. I am so excited for this opening week of the season because you have Garland going against Morant, LaMelo Ball, and then Trey Young. And if that's his coming out party where he looks like he belongs in that group or is above players in that group, um, we are, we're we're going to be cooking. We're, we're going to be a really, really interest, interesting team. So for me, I, I, I really think that Darius Garland is going to put a, an all-star caliber season. Um, and when you have Sexton, who put up all-star caliber numbers last year, uh, that's going to be a hell of a backcourt and, and really, I, I think, is going to catch some people by surprise. Yeah, I mean, I love it. I think it's a great pick. It was the one I was going to make. Um, 
I you, you should have known. known you should uh, of all the ones that you thought you knew would be coming from me you should have known that one i i thought you were gonna be uh i thought i was actually gonna be the one that ventured into you know uh homer territory on this one <laughs> uh it looks like you beat me to the punch um you know i just i couldn't agree more man i think he is primed for a breakout um Nobody watched the Cavs last year that wasn't a Cavs fan, unless mm-hmm. they had to. Uh, so, so unless you watched the right game, you know, unless you watched, you know, that Spurs game or something, you might have left with, uh, you know, not the best idea what Darius Garland is. And you know, the fact that you got this whole team together, the fact that he's he's already tearing it up uh, in Cleveland with the full squad, it just it just feels like the year that a breakout needs to happen. And maybe we're trying to will this into existence a little bit. Oh baby, it's um, happening. Um, it's already like, occurred. We're just about to find out. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean that's what I'm hoping uh, happens. You know, and like that's always been the case here. Like we've always, you know, the, I think the organization deep down knows that he has always been their their ceiling raiser, the mm-hmm. the, the guy who takes them to being like a, a a bridge better than they are. You know. You know what? I'm um, fine with us both picking Garland. I, I feel like it's good for continuity here. Sure. Um, Solidarity. <laughs> yeah. So, so sure. I think, uh, yeah, screw it. Gary's gone. Oh, yeah. he's going to, he's going to leave off the page this year. Yeah. You hear that listeners stand up and applaud us. We are, uh, we are, we are brave. But you know what? I also believe it. I truly, well, honestly, I feel it. like, I feel like it is one of those spots where like, yeah, you'll, yeah, we're going to probably get teased for this and I, I get it. But with that said, like, you know, you know where I am on this stuff. I hate being, called a you know a, you know a, a mouthpiece or anything like that and like so for the fact that i'm like i feel like it's almost extra credit in mm-hmm. darius's favor where it's like i am not someone who wants to be the guy who picks darius garland on this you know league-wide podcast and i just can't help it i when mm-hmm. i'm looking through all these names i go yeah i think it's gonna be him <laughs> I, I honestly find myself tempering some takes here in the preseason. Like I, I almost feel like I'd be higher on the Cavs publicly if we didn't have this partnership sometimes. Because I'm like, you know what? I want to really like, I, I want to sit with these takes. I want to think about it. And you know what? I have to unleash my hot take. Um, this this is this is feel good season, Carter. This is oh, yeah. the feel good season. Hit me. And my take is that the Cleveland Cavaliers will be better than the Charlotte Hornets next year. Oh, that's I, a fun hot take. I, I think, I mean, last year, Sexton and Rozier are, are basically a wash. I think Garland is going to be better than LaMelo next season. Are you um, hiring this lineup comparison? I, I A little bit, a little bit. A, and you look at the front court. I, I take Allen Mobley-Laurie over Plumlee, Washington, and Bridges. I like Washington and Bridges, but I, I think that the lack of depth at, that the Hornets have at center is going to be a bit of an issue. Like Plumlee and Kai Jones, I think that's going to be a problem. Gordon Hayward is obviously the big differentiating factor there. Uh, Cavs don't have a, a wing of his caliber, but he does miss time. LaMelo does miss time. And I, I just... I, I have more confidence in the Cavs. I really like the, what the Hornets have done, and I think that they are going to be a rival in the way that the Wizards were uh, when we had Kyrie and they had John Wall, and we kind of went through that. I think this is going to be the start of that with LaMelo and Garland. Garland being the the veteran of the two uh, by a season, I think he's going to have the edge. I think he's going to be the better player next year, and that is going to help propel the Cavs to a better record than the Hornets. Oh, I like that hot take. That's a fun. It's a double homer. Uh, oh yeah, no, no, no. We're we're we're, we're ending it. strong. Um, I'm gonna end on some grumpy shit. Okay, <laughs> just, to, just to take us in the exact opposite direction. I think the 
I think the NBA larger NBA free agent base are kind of being dorks, being losers. Like, do you, what do you, you really want to go be the thirteenth man for the Nets? Like, <laughs> like, 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 where is the like, like? I it used to be like okay, so you know, like we had these, we always had really good teams, right? And it was like you know we're gonna get one or two free agents that's gonna get bought out and or or you know be all you know near the end of their career and they're gonna go be the eighth man but like some of these dudes are like actual nba players who can play actual minutes that are signing up to be bench warmers Mm -hmm. to play on these teams to actually be out of the rotation (laughs) hey listen, and i'm like what like did 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 something change where where people don't want to play basketball anymore carter carter when you have that many old players, you know that guys are going to go down. You're you're going to get your yeah, shot. I, you're going to get. I your get it. I get it. But here's the thing: Brooklyn's not that old. Eh, they they've got some they've got some old knees on the bench. The <laughs> oldest player on the team is James Johnson at 34. Blake's okay. 32. Blake's Blake's knees are 42. I get it. But the point is, like, there will be like some of these dudes, like Paul Millsap, might collect DNPs oh, in the no. playoffs. Oh no, no, no! Paul Millsap's going to play it. He, he's going to. He's if not all, losing so, games. In, so if Aldridge, the, Griffin, um, gosh, what's his freaking name? Playing over those two, Come Claxton on. is he? Yeah, I think so. I, he's thirty six. I think he's got more in the tank than. So that. he is the oldest player on the team. Sorry, yeah. he was signed since. Look uh, at you like, lying to like, me. Like, Stop. Point is, I just think like I don't know, man. I just feel like these. I just feel like it used to be like if I'm not going to be top eight, I'm not going to go ring chasing or at least top nine. And what a lot a of it's just like it's just I find I find this like is so annoying to me that any NBA player of consequence has, has signed with those two teams. If you are a minimum signing that has ever done anything, you have signed with those two teams. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I just, I just, it used to be that you might want to like go play yeah, <laughs> the <know>. game. <laughs> you know, there's, uh, there's wear and tear. <laughs> there's wear and tear. <laughs> there's wear and tear. I don't know, I'm, man. I'm, I'm sore podcasting, man. I, I understand wanting to sit on the bench a little bit. I don't know. It just, it just, it just feels like this offseason with the signing specifically. Like it used to be like, okay, the Warriors got one or two more people than maybe they should have. You know, in a in a normal, it feel like every single player has signed with those two teams. I, I don't hate the take. I, I don't hate the take. I just, I just I think it's weird. You. I just think it's weird, man. Like I don't know. No, you know, we were on such a good vibes ride. I know, and, and you but know it's what? fun. Honestly, it's still fun to to roast people. So I think we ended on a fun vibe. Let, let yeah, let's let's be honest. Like we 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 understand the base here. I, I think as Cavs fans, um, hating yeah, on the I, Lakers and Nets is yeah, probably pretty on, safe territory. And plus, anyone who who listened to us that's this far into the podcast is 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 a friend of the pod at this point. That, that's a very good point. And if those friends of the pod want to support us, they can do so by leaving a rating, leave a review, subscribe, unsubscribe, and help cook those books if you want to be i think you forgot to say resubscribe at the end uh you know what (laughs) please please don't just unsubscribe (laughs) yeah please resubscribe and if you want to be part of the chase town's exclusive discord chat you can do so by sending a screenshot of your review to chase at gmail.com however you guys choose to support us we really do appreciate it make sure you're staying safe out there and until next time go cast